Hi there, listener. Sarah Holmes speaking. Welcome to Learning Day, a journey to explore how we integrate learning in our everyday lives. And this is Season 2, dedicated to documenting what we've learned in 2020. Here's the third episode. Many businesses have been on standstill for almost a year. Unfortunately, many have closed down and others are just making it through another month. Behind those businesses, there are people with plans and aspirations who have had to adapt and redefine their life goals. If you would like to learn about and from the human experience behind keeping a business afloat in a pandemic, this episode is for you. Today's guest is Patricia Souza. We talked about redefining goals and choosing to be happy. I hope you enjoy our chat. Hello, Patricia. How are you? Good morning. How are you, Sarah? Doing well. Yes, I feel like this week started not so well, but it's ending very well. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm pleased with it. How was your week? Holiday mood. I have some people in the house that are in holiday and celebrating their birthday. So it looks mm -hmm. like a gypsy's party here in the house. Never ending uh, birthday. <laughs> I love that. That's the best kind of party. <laughs> yeah, it's good. In a very slow motion mode. <laughs> the first question I have for you is, can you guess what I have in my hand? Um, a book? No, it's... Can you, can you hear the sound? A glass. A bottle of kombucha. Oh, nice. Let me guess where you bought it. <laughs> Is it good? Yes, it's very good. And I, I bought it from one of your businesses and you will tell us more about it in a second. I bought it to celebrate our interview and it's very, very good. I just ordered another bottle. It arrives today. Good, good. <laughs> nice. You know that uh, the kombucha that you, that you bought, it's myself that I do it. No one else can master it as I do it. So I do the kombucha. <laughs> Wonderful. I didn't know that. So it makes it even more special. Patricia, how would you describe yourself as a learner? Well, learning for me is like an exploration. So I always say that I like to explore. When I'm learning, I'm not really looking for any kind of mastery. I like to see learning as a, almost a way of living and a mood, a mindset. I'm a very good observer. I really like to observe people, observe nature. I would love to be in a like in a glass mirror and look at people and just I would like to be a fly, you know, like just to mm. be around people and understand what's going on and see how they react, how they move, or what they talk without them realizing that I'm doing that. <laughs> that would mm. be really a dream <laughs> for me. Because I think we, we learn so much just to look around and contemplate nature, contemplate people, observe how people do the tasks. And that was always one of my skills and a way of uh, for me to learn and integrate knowledge in my life. So I'm a kind of explorer and observer. I'm always looking for new ways of doing, new ways of thinking. I like to read a lot, talk a lot, to hear people talk about whatever. I hear a lot of podcasts as a, almost a soundtrack of my life. <laughs> so learning for me is an exploration. What is the thing that you've explored recently? 
Well, since the lockdown started, I have a lot of free time and uh, I have a very important hobby in my life that is crafting. I do knitting, crochet, patchwork, stitching. So I'm exploring new skills in uh, knitting and crochet. I even have in uh, my Instagram a kind of knit along, is a crochet along. So I kind of challenge people to do a small bed cover during the lockdown and I kind of share my process with them. Then I'm doing some online courses to learn more about uh, sustainability and ways of managing resources in a more sustainable way. I'm going back again to my headstands because I stopped for a while. <laughs> I had a small injury in Christmas time. So yesterday I started again my challenge of doing headstands. And, ah, and I, I also am learning Japanese. So I've been studying Japanese. Any interesting words in Japanese? Do you have a favorite one? I love the word of cake and I don't like cakes at all, <laughs> but I, I love the word is keki. Last October, I decided to start learning Japanese and I found a platform where you can find teachers online. It's really cool because it's one-to-one -one class. I have two Japanese teachers. One is teaching me the way of writing and the other is teaching me in a different way, the way of speaking. So they have different approaches of learning and I really liked both. So I decided to keep both of the teachers and I have classes twice a week. And it's really hard because the way that your brain has to be wired for Japanese is, is different. It's not like learning a, a language like German or French that you kind mm. of feel the feeling of what it looks like <laughs> it's yeah. like nothing is similar it's been an, a really fun adventure you don't have any goal with it right no you know like there's many ways of learning sometimes you go to study and I think it's a bit different learning and studying of course when you go to do a course you have a goal you you want to master this or that for me at this time or in the phase that I am now, when I'm going to do these challenges and I have to learn new things, is to challenge myself. I don't want to be a Japanese teacher or I don't want to speak Japanese in three months. I go for the fun of it and for the way that I have to challenge myself to new skills and to new ways of even wiring my brain. That's why I do these challenges. The other day in the coffee shop, it was really funny because someone saw that I was training the, the letters and it looks like math. And the person asked me, are you studying math? And I was like, no, it's Japanese. And he started speaking with me in Japanese. And I was like, what? I was like, I, did, I just understand. Konnichiwa. And I was like, Konnichiwa. <laughs> it says hello. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> So if in one year I can have a small talk like, hi, how are you? Do you want a coffee? <laughs> it is fine. Well, it already brought you that connection. So it's a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny because I already met two Portuguese people in the coffee shop that speaks Japanese and they are Portuguese. Oh, interesting, interesting. I, I guess there's a, an interest in Japanese culture also from the art perspective and movies and books. And it makes sense that at least some basics that they are accessible. 
to a lot of people. My interest in Japanese started because of the crafts. When I was doing patchwork, many of the books that I have, they are in Japanese. But it's fine, you know, like 10 years ago or almost 15 years ago when I started doing patchwork, there was not really a lot of books about patchwork and I had to buy it from abroad and the best ones were in Japanese because they are all in schemes and photos. So you don't really need to understand the letters because they visually are very good and I have loads of Japanese books. And then I met a girl also that she's a knitting artist from Aishi in Japan. And then it kind of grew in myself that my dream trip was to go to Japan and be there for a while to study some crafts like knitting and ceramics. And uh, because of the pandemic, I was not able to go to Japan last year as it was predicted. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to Japan, but I'm going to learn Japanese. Interesting. Okay, so now you gave us the, the whole context. Let me also give context to our listeners about how you ended up here. So it was Rashmi, someone who is also going to be on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And she nominated you, let's say that, and she wrote this. This year, Patricia has had to face many challenges in running her business. And the way she has adapted and navigated it has been a pleasure to watch. She's also managed to learn yoga and to do headstands, which is pretty cool. So this is how I got first introduced to you <laughs> and then realized that we live in the same city and it took someone that lives in London to introduce us. So small world. I will use that beautiful introduction to ask you to tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. And then we'll go into the story, but first give us context about what happens in your world. I will try to go from now to the beginning. At the moment, I am an entrepreneur. I run three businesses, two of them with hospitality. One was the first boutique hotel in the city where we live, in Porto, Rosetal Townhouse. And I opened that business eight years ago. Then afterwards, and in a very organic way, I opened a fashion clothing shop that also works as an art gallery that is early made. And in 2018, I opened also a restaurant that is early, the place where you bought the kombucha. It's a restaurant and a coffee shop where we explore seasonal and local food and uh, old processes that now it's a trend, but they are older than all of us. That is pickles and fermentation and all the process of sustainable preserve our best ingredients. We do everything from scratch, from bread to butter. In the fashion clothing shop, we also have our own brand that is early made, where I do the knitting collection and some on-decor items like textiles and things for the house. This is what I do at the moment. I'm an economist by education. I study economics and marketing. I did previously a career for almost 15 years in asset management, working for big corporate companies here in Portugal and Spain. And I had a wonderful career. One day I was like, I don't see me going further here and I don't know really what I want to do. So I stopped. I went traveling and study abroad and then I bought the building that is Rosetal and I created with my brother all the business that I'm managing at the moment. And I met Rashmi when I was doing my master's in London. And since then, we are like sisters. 
I always did my crafts since I'm a toddler. I always like to sew and to do embroideries and even when I was my in my corporate career, as there was not a lot of people doing what I was doing, I was teaching patchwork here in Porto. I had two places where I was giving classes. On weekends, I was going to the markets to sell my stuff. It was like a bipolar career, you know, like very <laughs> corporate and then very ladylike. And I always do it, even in my work now sometimes you can arrive to the coffee shop and you see me doing some crochet i kind of have everything quite blended in my life i do many things in the same day and many different things you know i jump from the coffee shop in the morning to the restaurant in the afternoon and in the lunchtime then afternoon i'm in the shop doing some knitting or working as the salesperson and then in the evening I'm in the hotel doing the, the talks with the guests. So it's a kind of very, very hectic day, but it's fine. You know, I, I like to live in kind of a chaos. <laughs> it seems indeed like it's a very active life and it does feel like you have this each to create, either if it's your crafts or businesses and create something new all the time. That's the, the vibe I get from you. And it's the second time we talk and the second time I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, you know, like when people ask me, what do I do? I'm always in between two definitions. One of them is... I am always in the same career. Even when I was in the corporate world, when I'm in my crafts or when I'm in my business, I am an asset manager. I manage resources and I add value to the chain. I pick up old stuff and I create new stuff. My previous career, I was an asset manager. I was investing in assets that were no value and I was creating value and I worked in the retail area. And then when I switched my career and I started the one that I have now as an entrepreneur, I bought an old building that no one found any value and I transformed it in one of the stars of the city. And the shop was the same, the coffee shop and restaurant was exactly the same, was this kind of shops that you don't give any value it looks like a garage and then suddenly it's like, poop, what a beautiful thing here. And even in my crafts is the same, you know, I pick up old textiles or old clothing that I create patchworks. I undo sweaters to create new sweaters. And then when I look at my definition, I always say, I'm a work in progress. That's it. That's really interesting and, and beautiful. And I think it will be helpful for a lot of people listening because I know that people that talk to me and who are listening to this podcast are in this career, either a transition or they're exploring different careers. And I like how you have a connecting thread, quite literally, on all of those perspectives of your career and how you were able to summarize it and not discard what you did in the past to just starts from scratch. It's not that. It's using something that already exists in, within you to create something different. I have a very clear perspective on our paths in life. We are never in the wrong path. 
we are in process of going to a better path. So for me, it's like sometimes you are just in the wrong job because you don't have yet the courage to go and follow your intuition or your heart. Or it's not the right time. It's not the right time. You need to be in a paying job that you really don't like, but you need that resource to have some kind of life or some kind of time to create skills for your next adventure. As you can imagine, there's a lot of people that comes to me like, oh, how did you do that? How did you change your career? Because I had a very, very good career and specifically for a woman in the corporate world, I was really good in a very high place and I quit everything for nothing. I didn't have any plan, no plan, you know, like when I quit my job, I didn't have any clue of what I was going to do. I just didn't see my path there anymore. And it's not difficult to make that decision. I even never thought about that, you know, like it was just a kind of a storm in that day in my job. And then suddenly I said the words and they were outside and there was nothing left to say. And I was like, okay, so I said that I wanted to go. So I have to go now. You know, not even my family knew about that. I arrived home and I said, I quit my job, you know, like, and sometimes you say, oh, you know, I have all these obligations and all these responsibilities and I cannot leave my job. I understand that. I also didn't leave my job for a long time. But then there is one day that you find the solution for that problem and you find the courage or you find the way how you can have a different life from the one that you know. Because sometimes we don't change lives because we are afraid of the unknown. It's like a bit of what we are passing now with the lockdown, you know, like we can live happily either way or lockdown or not lockdown. It's just that we don't know how to live in a lockdown. As soon as we understand how we can live in the lockdown, we can be happy again. <laughs> you know, like, yes. So the problem with changing paths is the fear of the unknown. And when you find that trust and that confidence, everything becomes clear and it becomes easier and you find the solution easier. And, you know, there is no magic moment when you are like, <gasps> suddenly I see the light. It's always a work in process. We use this, this expression, work in progress, for the knittings that are in progress, for the patchwork that are in progress. And I love that expression because it really is a work in progress, our life, you know. You see people that from a young age, they know that they, it doesn't matter what society says or what your parents say, they will follow their path because they come with a confidence that is bigger than them. And then there are other people that have their path in a very slow or different way. They have to build that trust. They have to build that confidence to arrive there. And it's just being present and just paying attention to the signs that you are receiving from yourself and from around you, from your environment, and do the best with what you have. I manage a lot of people in my career and sometimes I see them that they are angry and they are not happy with what they have and I'm always saying like, you really need to understand what is a process. <laughs> You know, like, it's not like, oh, suddenly I am rich, suddenly I have the career of my dreams. That doesn't happen. It's a roller coaster. It's ups and downs, and you'd have to enjoy the roller coaster, you know? Yes. <laughs>
when people come and ask me like, oh, can you tell me how did you do this? Or can I do the same? And I always say, you are not able to do the same. You have your story, you have your path, and you have probably a different goal or you have probably a different runaway to do. You need to know yourself. You need to pass time with you. You need to ask questions to yourself to understand what are your skills, what are your goals in life, how do you see yourself. Because if you don't know yourself, if you don't understand your emotions, if you don't understand what makes you happy, you are never going to find any path. You are going to change from job to job, from career to career, and always be unhappy. Hi there. I hope you're enjoying my chat with Patricia. And before we go back to it, I want to share with you a message from Joana, a member of the Learning Day community. Hi, my name is Joanna and I've been joining the weekly reflection sessions for the last couple of months. I really enjoy them because I think reflection is a key part of working as a freelancer, but at the same time, I don't always make the time for doing it. And booking in with these sessions really ensures that I take the time to think through what's happened for me in the week and it's really good. Consider joining one of the weekly reflection sessions this Thursday. Go to learningday.community to learn more and sign up. Now, back to our chat. I suspect that the, the mindset that you've just described has been very helpful in the last year. And so I'd like to go there now and start from the beginning. So when you started 2020, what were your goals for your businesses? It's funny because since I started my entrepreneur career, I've been opening business every two years. So 2020 was the year of opening a new business. And me and my brother, we had some plans. And January, we were seeing how the business were evolving. And we were very happy because from the hotel to the coffee shop, every business was increasing and with high perspectives of being the best years till then. And then suddenly, end of January, everything becomes a bit foggy and then everything crashed. I have business that really crashed. They went from 1,000 to zero. And the first, the first weeks of this movement of these lockdowns and this virus was very scary because mm -hmm. you don't know what, you don't know how to deal with this. You don't know what to do with the 30 employees that are at home and they are not able to do any work in the computer because they are waiters or cleaners. You don't know how you are going to pay the, all the responsibilities that you have. You don't know when this is going to end and you don't know of if you are going to survive. I remember that everyone at the lockdown was doing fitness and watching Netflix And I was talking to lawyers and accountings from 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. And I really was in a panic mode, survival mode for almost three weeks. Mm. I was in a roller coaster of crying and laughing, and I was really afraid of getting nuts. <laughs> I'm lucky that I have a brother that is much more control in terms of emotions than myself. <laughs> so when I was crying, he was slapping me like, stop this stupid mood. We are not able to do nothing and we are not going to die. <laughs> 
And uh, then I remember that slowly inside of me, I was really going through extremes. I was going from, I'm going to die to, okay, nothing is happening. I'm going to die. Oh, nothing is happening. And then I suddenly understand that I was in the lockdown. Every day in the morning, I normally wake up very early. I look at my window. I do some meditation for five minutes or I read or... And then... You know, when you enter in this contemplating mode very early in the morning, nothing is moving, people are still sleeping around in the house. And I was looking at the outside and I was like, hmm, it's funny how nature continues to bloom and how trees don't go anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's a storm or if it's a summer day. And then slowly I kind of create inside of me some confidence on something that is always present, that is our nature around us, is that we just need to adapt. That's just that. We're not going to die. We just need to adapt. And then I made a clear decision in my mind. I hate to lose and I hate to fail. I understand that it's part of the process, but I do my best to avoid it. And I wrote in my notebook, I said, I don't want to be part of the statistics of the business that go down. Hmm. And I will adapt. And I will survive. And I will drive. And then everything became quite clear. I started to make very rational decisions of how I could make my business adapt and survive. I made all the maths that were possible. Hmm. And until now, everything is going well. It's not going well like, oh, I'm earning money or my business is super good. No, it's not. Hotel is closed. I have months that I have one guest. But it's true that also I manage my business quite well. I don't have a lot of responsibilities. I did all my investments with the money that I earned. So in terms of financially, I'm quite stable. Of course, I don't have money to live in this situation for five years, but I will adapt. You know, I closed the hotel so I can lower my costs. I enforced my online presence in the clothing business. So people still buy online because we are talking about lockdowns and everything. But the majority of people, they are still earning the same and saving more money because they are not able to go out and they are not able to spend money in traveling and restaurants and things like that so and people are entertaining themselves with online shopping and netflix and things like that and the restaurant if we are not in lockdown the restaurant is working okay my business all of them of course they were very exposed to tourists and they were my main guests but suddenly Portugal received a lot of foreigners that choose Portugal to live. And also the community that we have around our concerts, the even the clothing shop and the restaurant, and the coffee shop, they are very community-based. I was really very emotional on the first lockdown because the customers, they were calling us and making orders and asking, are you okay? Do you need something? How can I help? We don't want you to close. And that is very emotional for, for someone that is passing through all these crises. You see that you have a community around you that want you to drive, they want you to survive, and you are important for their routines and for their lives. And these kind of little acts of kindness, they brought me a lot of confidence in the future, you know. For me, the major lesson is you need to make a clear decision that you want to survive. You have to be conscious that you just have to adapt. That's it. Of course, no, you are not going to Japan this year. Okay, let's learn Japanese. 
Okay, you are not able to travel, so why don't you explore online how is the country that you want to live or you want to travel? You are not able to go outside, so explore your house. There are a lot of walls in your house that you never thought about. Maybe look at them. Maybe you can imagine something new in your house. First of all, thank you for sharing all that journey. I think it's definitely going to be very helpful for anyone in a similar situation or for anyone really going through this experience because it seems to me that the key to unlock the situation for you was just accepting that you had no power to change the situation, only to adapt and to do something from it, as you said, to create something from nothing. Yeah, it's true. I remember after the biggest wave of the first lockdown passed, then suddenly I realized like, okay, I cannot control any of these. I have a lot of time. And I was staring at things in my house and all, and that then I had friends calling saying, oh, I'm going nuts. I don't know what to do. And I was like, start doing small routines. Decide to read 10 pages of a book every day, even if you are not really in the mood of doing it. Routines are very important. I don't have routines that are like, oh, I do this for 10 years. I don't. My routines normally last like three months. And every three months, I kind of change my routines and my little challenges. For example, at the moment, I'm completely nuts about my crafts. Like I do crochet in the morning, knitting in the afternoon. But this is my mood for the moment. For example, during summertime, I was running three days, four days a week. I was doing my headstands every day in the morning. I remember first lockdown. In the morning, I wake up normally around 8 People in the house, they wake up a bit later. And I had like almost one hour that I could be by myself. And I start reading. I start doing some meditations in the morning. And then they wake up. We had the meals and the breakfast and things like that. And all of us went to our jobs or our emails, whatever. Then at six o'clock, normally I was doing my online yoga classes with my friends. And then I was going to prepare really nice dinners every night. You need to make something always special and always that you, something that you like every day. And I still do it now. When I feel that I'm not in my best mood or in my highest confidence, I always try to look for something that I really like to do. And then you find peace in that moment and you kind of go to a different universe when you are doing something that you really like. And when you go out of your chaos or out of your lowest mood and you travel to this universe where you do the things that you like, you gain new skills and new strengths. You get stronger and you get more confident and you get a little happier. And then everything comes out of the fog in the other universe. I remember you made this distinction when we talked the first time between acceptance and resignation. And sometimes people around you don't understand why you just accept. Can you tell us about that distinction for you? Yeah. First, I don't have a victim mode in my body. I don't like that process of being a victim. And I don't complain about things normally. Of course, I have my days of complaining as everyone, but I hate that. So... Sometimes I have this conversation with people and I have my own story, I have my own tragedies through my life and people look at me like, how do you accept all of this? And I was like, with a smile. 
you are able to be happy with so many different things. You you see people that are really poor, that live in the streets, that are always smiling. And you see people that have big cars and big houses and they are always with their face closed. So it's not really what you have that makes you happy or not. Is how do you live what is around you. Is your option. I always say it's an option to be happy. That for me is the difference between acceptance and resignation. When you are resignated, you accept, but you are in default. You are angry or you are sad or you are depressed. For me, resignation is something like you are not able to do anything with what you have. And you are frustrated with that and you are sad and you have this victim mode of I cannot do anything. And you always can do something. Always. You always have the option to decide something different, even with the less resources possible. I had one thing that I did in the first lockdown that was really important for me. I miss a lot of people. As you imagine, my business is all about social life. I'm always surrounded with a lot of people, different people, people that come and go. So for me, being in a lockdown, talking to the same people every day, I was like, how can I survive? I need to know the stories of other people. And I, I go out a lot, you know, not going in the nightlife, but I have very much this kind of uh, English way of living. You know, after work, I like to go for a drink or for a walk or close to the beach. And I couldn't go anywhere. So on Sundays, I obligate all my friends to have a Zoom cocktail party. <laughs> And I was like, I don't want to see anyone in a trekking suit or in a pyjamas. Everyone has to dress well, put your makeup and invent a cocktail. I want to get the recipe. So poor my friends. <laughs> and we didn't have a lot at home, as you can imagine. <laughs> so sometimes we're cocktails with teas or cocktails mm. with uh, wines or with kombucha we had one very good with kombucha and i asked my friends to dress well and to put makeup and to put nice earrings and we were talking about the movies that we had seen during the week and we were organizing next cocktail party it was really important for me you know like this was like going out and meeting my friend and i was hugging my computer because i like to touch people a lot i like a lot of hugs I think that we always can do the best with what we have. I am a very positive person by training. It's not by nature. I always, mm. always explain this to people. When I was smaller, I remember that I was not always happy. But I understood that being unhappy was not bringing anything to me. It was important for five minutes, okay. But then afterwards was just tantrum. You know, like it was like, oh, I'm going to be here in this bad mood. And I was like, okay, I'm not gaining anything. And then I understood that, okay, you need to be unhappy and you need to cry and you need to sometimes being in a, in a depressing mode, but just for the time that you learn the lesson. After that, you need to go out of that zone. The way that I do that is when I'm really in a bad mood, I normally lock myself at home or I go for a walk by myself or something like that. And I go for the learning process, for the time that I have to reflect on what is happening and decide what I'm going to do with that. If I'm going to be for another 15 minutes angry or if I'm going to shout or if I'm going to cry or if I'm going to let it go. This is also a process between acceptance and resignation. 
It's the same, you know. Sometimes I go and I resignate myself for 15 minutes or for a full day or for a half day. And then suddenly I'm like, okay, that's it. Finito. There's no more chance for you to be here. You did this bad or this person behaved bad with you. And you choose what you are going to do with that. You decide what you are going to do with the situation that you have. And then you move on. What you just said is very important because when someone is in a bad situation, it can feel a bit annoying sometimes when someone tells you, come on, just be happy, just get over it. And it doesn't work like that at all. And this almost toxic positivity that, yes, everything's going to be all right. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe it won't be all right. So I like the way you're, you're putting it. Like, yes, be mad, shout, do everything. And then slowly find your way to actually accepting the situation and trying to do something out of it. And that for me feels less difficult. There's one thing also that I think it's important, Sarah, and we are in a podcast that is the learning day. We really learn every day and we learn from every situation if we choose to do it. Yes. When I was talking about I get angry and I get annoyed and I get alone by myself for periods of time, I get that for the time that is needed to learn. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a full day, sometimes it's a full week, sometimes it's five minutes. The time that you stay in that mode, or I stay in that mode, is for the moment that I need to learn that lesson. And then I move on. That is the magic of these moments. All emotions are important. People see me and they, they always say, oh, you are always happy. I choose to be happy. It doesn't need that everyone needs to be happy and with a smile always on. It's just that you need to know yourself and understand what is important for you. For me, it's important to be happy the majority of my time, but it doesn't need to be to everyone like this. There are people that take longer or they need more time. They need different modes in their life. We live in a way that everyone has to be happy and everyone has to be very productive. No, You don't need to, <laughs> you know, you just need to understand yourself and understand how you have to manage your emotions and your energy. Your energy is important and you need to find ways of recharging yourself and recharging your energy and understand how your body works, your mind works and learning from that process. Tricia, we're getting towards the end of our conversation, unfortunately. Before I ask you the last questions, I wanted you to tell us how can we find your businesses? Tell us where to find you. <laughs> so you can uh, share my Instagram with uh, everyone. My personal Instagram has all the connections to my business. All my business at the moment are in Porto. Maybe one day they will be close to you wherever you live. I don't know. I always have big dreams and uh, big ideas. <laughs> Or people can come visit Porto when that is possible. Yeah, yeah. The, Porto is a wonderful city. Very easy to come. We have the best of everything in the city. <laughs> yes. So people, when they come once, they come twice and they come many times. And I have a very good business that you can sleep, you can eat with me, you can go traveling with me in the city you can learn new stuff with me so you can be and spend all the time with me if you want <laughs> <laughs> when the business is running of course i also do a lot of small traveling in the city where i present to other artists or other people accordingly to your interests and if they are also my interest and if i know people i like to put people in contact with each other 
We have a place to stay, a place to eat, a guided tour of the city, and we even have clothes to wear. So <laughs> yes. very complete. And if you want to learn to do your clothes, I also can teach you. <laughs> Patricia, the last question. What is learning for you? Learning is exploring, is going to places that you don't know yet. It's a mood, it's a way of seeing the world, paying attention. It's an adventure, always a discovery. If you could ask our listeners one question, what would that be? Are you ready for your next adventure? Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your story with us and for infusing us with this good positivity, not toxic positivity, and <laughs> showing us a, a new way to adapt. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sarah, for inviting me. And thank you a thousand to Rashmi to recommend me to your podcast. I'm quite sure that you all love to hear also the story of Rashmi. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Bye-bye, Sarah. If you want to get in touch with Patricia, you can find out how on the show notes. I would also love to hear from you. Go to learningday.community and reach out. If this episode was useful to you, consider subscribing to Learning Day on your podcast app. And as a little extra, share it with a friend. I don't know where this is going to take us, but I know we're going to learn something along the way. Thank you for listening. See you next time.